0: what's going on everybody it's Pastor Justin thanks so much for checking out the 242 young adults podcast today I want to move away from the Old Testament and really focus on one question that question is why should I fast today we're going to be talking about two Bible reasons why we should be fasting as believers I think the viewpoint of a lot of people in the church today is that they view fasting as highly optional. Some would say fasting is not needed as a Christian. And as I was trying to get a sense or an idea of somebody's view on fasting, I found this online, and this is a response to the question, why should I fast? The person responds, most Protestants don't fast, not because they think fasting is wrong, but because there's nothing compelling to make them think that it's important. Very few Protestants I know would say fasting is wrong, but in practice it just isn't important. For most evangelicals at least, and many Protestants in particular, the emphasis on grace is such that anything that sounds like works is related to the quote-unquote nice but optional category. Puritans would call some of the spiritual disciplines condescension, Consider it an over-attention to the perfection that leads to pride. Additionally, many Protestants view fasting as an artifact of Catholicism. This isn't accurate, but for many centuries, anything that related to the Roman Catholic Church was viewed with suspicion. All of these basically lead to a culture in which many spiritual disciplines are just not a part of the culture. Kids don't grow up thinking that you do it, so they don't. And in turn, their kids perpetuate the cycle. Finally, if you ask me, why don't I fast? It's really just laziness. I know it would be good, and I've done it from time to time. But in my personal experience, it hasn't done a lot. I suspect I'm not alone in my thinking that. That answer doesn't justify it, it just explains it. What an interesting quote from this individual online. I think it... Accurately sums up the attitude of Christianity today. I think that a lot of different reasons for not fasting are brought up in this small comment. And the first would be grace versus works. Grace, if you don't know, in Christian belief, is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. Upon the believer. In essence, grace is God's gift of salvation for us and his continuous provision of blessing in our lives. Grace is also defined as a gift that you don't deserve. I put it this way, we were separated from God and there was nothing that we could do. There was no work, there was no no action, no thought, no word that we could speak that could merit our forgiveness from God. But, God, in His grace, sent His Son, a gift that we did not deserve. He sent His Son to die on the cross, sacrificed His life, and therefore through His sacrifice, through the blood that was shed on the cross by Jesus Christ, we now have the opportunity to approach God. That was grace. That was God's gift to us that we did not deserve. Grace cannot be earned. When you look at the idea of works, there are various different religions even today that believe that you can work your way to salvation. You can work your way to the favor of God. You can work your way to blessings from God. And this places salvation, it places blessings from God, it places righteousness on the shoulders of humanity. And we know that this is not true. There is nothing in us that we can bring to God To lay at his feet and say, Look at this, because of this, I'm worthy of your forgiveness. There's nothing. But don't miss the incredible love of God that despite the fact that we have no way of meriting his forgiveness in his love, he made a way to forgive us, to have us in relationship with him. So how does this apply to fasting? A lot of the people who hold to grace... There's a resistance when it comes to fasting because fasting obviously resulted from uh, asceticism, which was uh, extreme self-denial. People would afflict themselves for the sake of God. And because that resonates with a lot of work-based mentalities, a lot of people who understand God's grace shy away from fasting. Another big viewpoint is people will hold to the fact that fasting is not a requirement for salvation. It's grace. It's not any work that provides your salvation. It's grace provided through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the repentance of your sin. Obviously, I believe that fasting does not bring salvation. I I believe that fasting, in no way at all, will allow you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if you have not already confessed your sins, if you have not repented of your sins, and accepted Christ for your salvation. But fasting is an intense sacrificial pursuit of God's will and presence. Fasting helps remove distractions in our life and brings focus and direction. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that can bring you closer to God. And if you are eliminating distraction, if you're eliminating some of those things that toxify your life, and this brings you closer to God, then my question is not why should I do it, but why not? Why shouldn't I do this? Why shouldn't I try to do something, to give up some of those distractions, to, to be rid of them so that it would push me to a closer relationship with God? A lot of people believe fasting can lead to a prideful attitude. People focus on the practice of fasting, or any other spiritual discipline for that matter, So much so that they feel as if they're better or as if they're more righteous. And I don't know if you've met this kind of Christian before who has a sense of pride in their spirituality and communicates that in a very condescending way to you as if you're an idiot and you have no idea how to be close with God. The religious leaders in the New Testament were an example of that. They were proud of their spirituality. And fasting was a part of that. And they would hang it over people's heads. They would parade it on the streets to show everyone. But my point is anything could be done in pride. John the Baptist's disciples, they fasted, but they were doing it with humility. And it doesn't matter. You can pick any spiritual discipline, whether it's how much you read, how much you pray, how much you fast, how much you give. Any of those things can be abused. Any of those things a person can come across in a way that is prideful and take pride in those things. So to single that out as a reason not to, I think, is an excuse. Another reason is, I've done it before, and there wasn't any results. Last session, we studied Isaiah 58, verse 8, which says, Your light will shine like the dawn. We discussed how God promised that when we fast correctly, with our motives and our heart in check, with our lives living righteously before God and our hearts sincere in pursuing God's will and what God desires in our life, that when we fast correctly, it makes an obvious difference. Your light will shine like the dawn. God was saying that when you fast, it's going to be so obvious the difference that it makes. It's going to be as obvious as the rising sun on the dark of night. So there's two questions we got to ask ourselves. First, are we fasting correctly? Is our heart in the right place? Are we walking in right relationship with God? The second thing is, what kind of results are we expecting? Are we expecting God's results? Or are we expecting our own results? Lastly, we come to the point, well, I don't see why fasting is so important. A big defense for this case is the argument that there is no obvious command to fast in Scripture. Sure, there's some passages that talk about fasting, but it seems like more of a suggestion to me than a command. And so, I want to talk about two Bible reasons why we should be fasting as believers. And the first is we should fast because Jesus fasted. Matthew 4, 1-4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's debate in Christian circles as to what this word actually means, this, this word fasted, whether it was a, a spiritual thing or if it was just the fact that he was in the, the wilderness and there just wasn't food available to eat. And so I want to go through real quickly the four words used in Scripture for fasting. And the first one is nastis. This word is defined as having not eaten. There's no spiritual implication for this word. It was used in Matthew 15, 32, in the feeding of the 5,000, when Jesus said that he would not send the crowd away, quote, having not eaten, using that word, nastis. In Acts twenty-seven thirty-three, the second word, asetos, also with no spiritual implication, simply meaning the same thing, having not eaten, Paul talks with sailors who had been on the ship, on the boat, and they had been sailing for two weeks, and they were so concerned about their sailing, they were so concerned about their journey, that they had literally not eaten. The last two words have spiritual implications. Nastaya is defined as fasting as a religious exercise. This word is used in reference to both private fasting and the Mosaic required fast during the Day of Atonement. The last word is nestuo. This is the word that is used in the passage of Matthew chapter 4. And it means to abstain as a religious exercise from food and drink either entirely, if the fast lasted but a single day, or from customary in choice nourishment if it continues several days obviously Jesus' fast was not a one day fast verse 2 says that it was for 40 days and for 40 nights so he was abstaining as a religious exercise from customary and choice nourishment so he was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted and I know you may be thinking right now, well, maybe a consequence of Jesus being led by the Spirit into the desert was that he had to abstain from customary or choice nourishment. And, and I agree, that's a logical thought, but why then does Matthew use nestuo? Why not nastis or asetos? Why not use words that evoke the meaning of fasting, going without food with no spiritual implications at all? I believe that when Jesus fasted, it was distinctly for spiritual reasons. I believe that he drank water. Obviously, the body can only last about 100 hours without water. That's about four days. And I would even go as far to say that it's probable that he had food on occasion. The definition of this word means to abstain as a religious exercise from customary Or choice nourishment. He was putting himself in a situation where he would be separated from natural society. He'd be putting himself in the wilderness, led by the Spirit, where he would be in a place where food is not readily available, but he did it for a spiritual reason. He chose to abstain from regular nourishment. Maybe to seek. The Father's will for his ministry that he was about to enter in, maybe to seek strength in facing the temptation that he was about to face, but Matthew uses the word "nestuō" for a reason here. So, what application can we take away for us? What does this mean? Why should I fast? Well, if I'm telling you we should fast because Jesus fasted, well, who was Jesus? Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is eternal. Jesus shares the divine names of God. In Scripture, he's referred to as our Savior, our Rock, our Light, our Shepherd. Those words were words used and associated with God himself. Jesus is equal with God. In John 14, 9, Jesus said, He who has seen me has also seen the Father. Jesus is omnipresent, Jesus is omnipotent, Jesus is omniscient. He's everywhere, he's all-powerful, and he knows all things. Jesus is creator. In John 1, 3, it says all things were made by him. The New Living Translation says nothing was created except through him. Jesus has the power over nature. He walked on water. He rebuked the wind. Jesus received worship. He forgave sins in Mark chapter 2. He has the power over life and death. In John 10, 17 and 18, he says, I have the power to lay down my life and the authority to take it up again. Why do we fast? We fast to empty ourselves of anything self and to be filled with the Spirit. And if Jesus, who is God himself, who is perfect, who is incarnate and eternal, who is divine, creator, all-powerful over nature, forgiving of sins and receiving of worship and the power over life and death, if this is God himself incarnate and he fasted while he was on earth, then how much more should we be fasting? I believe that Jesus fasted to set the example. And I believe that Matthew uses the word nestuo because that's how he heard it from Jesus. Because when Jesus sat down and told Matthew about this instance, when he told his disciples about his instance in the desert being tempted by the devil, I believe that... He uses the word naystuo because that's how Jesus told the story. I think we're going to stop right there and pick up next time on the second Bible reason why we should be fasting. So if you have any questions at all, please email me. Please hit me up on Twitter. I would love to hear any feedback. If there's something that you got out of this, feel free to tweet it. I would love to hear what you guys are catching from these podcasts. Until next time, I'll catch you later. Hope you have a great day and I pray that God's presence and his peace will rest on you and that you would be an overcomer in the name of Jesus. We'll talk to you guys later.